he introduced himself, and he was very polite. And I did something that was very uncharacteristic of me. I he has this he had the scar on his uh, on the right side above his cheek, and I touched the scar and I said, "How did you get that?" And I remember in this moment having this weird, eerie feeling that he was going to be my friend for the rest of my life. Yo, Internet's what's good. I'm Reggie Yose, and this is a mogul cameo featuring Joan Morgan. Now, for those of you who might not know Joan, she's an author, a journalist, and was a very close friend of Chris's. They go way back to the days of hanging out at the iconic nightclub Nell's. You know, the one where we heard about in episode two, the spot with the coked-up Russell Simmons and snakes? Joan and I had this incredibly intense, long personal conversation about what Chris Lighty was like as a friend and what his life was like when he was at the peak of his career, grinding 24-7 and struggling to keep his head above water. You're going to hear my Scottish producer, Matt, pop up a few times in this cameo. So let's start with Joan giving this really tender description of what Chris actually looked like. What I remember most about Chris is his height. You know, Sophia and I talk about this often. Lighty gave the best hugs, like, on the face of the planet. And he was always just tall enough so that your head, like, kind of fell on his chest. And I remember um, just feeling like... I think growing up the way we did in the Bronx, like, safe spaces are important to me for a number of reasons. You sort of judge your neighborhood, you judge your interactions by the places that you're physically safe. And then you also judge what spaces can I carve out that are emotionally safe? Because when you grow up in that environment, many, many, many spaces are not safe. You're judging your safety as you're walking, like, from your house and you're going to school. Are you getting back? What crews are out? Who do you need to not, like, run into? Is it safe to get on an elevator? And so places for me that just felt both like home and safe space were really sacred. And I think that Chris provided that in his very physicality, but also his spirit. I I think for both of us, there were times where when things were particularly troubled or hectic, that that space just felt like peace. We've spent some moments that were just in silence, you know, with my head on his shoulder. He hated to see me cry, <laughs> but at the same, and, you know, was really good at kind of telling me to man up. But at the same time, never, ever, ever turned away a shoulder and let me cry for as long as I needed to before he sort of gave me the pep talk. Sometimes he would come over because he was just really tired. and just need, Yeah, and mentally, and just needed a place and a couch where he could rest. You know, he, he had people around him, like most people who blow up, you know, who sort of felt entitled to, to what he had. And I, I never wanted to be that person. I don't think he ever felt that I was that person. But it was in those quiet moments where I knew that I could just give him the space to close his eyes, take a nap, that I felt like, okay, this is the balance. Looking back on that, what what do you make of that? Why did he need that quiet space? <sighs> you know, Chris's life was like really crazy and hectic by normal people's standards. You know what I mean? So... Normal people's standards would have seen it as crazy. And, and and even as someone who was very familiar with the entertainment industry and the demands of it, I still thought it was kind of crazy. Forget all of the other things that may have been going on in his life. Managing one artist is 
insane. Managing several high-performing celebrity artists at a time is a life where you're constantly putting out fires and negotiations, and everyone needs you to be at the same place at the same time, and everyone feels that their situation is the most important at the same time. He was also a father who cared deeply about his children. He at least in the context that I saw him in relationships with partners, like I certainly didn't see everything. He was someone who cared about his relationships working on, you know, being functional on a certain level. He had longstanding friendships from people who were not in the industry, but he cared about whether or not they were well. He cared about his family. He cared about his brother. Like these, are, so he was carrying a lot of concern for other people. And a lot of times that just seemed like something like he seemed superhuman to me because I just didn't even understand how he was juggling all of that on. (sighs) I remember once we really needed to talk and we couldn't manage to have a conversation for like, it was like two weeks of just trying to have aborted conversations. And he called and he said, what are you doing tomorrow from like, X, I don't know, it starts at like seven in the morning. I was like, what in the world are you talking about? And he said, I'm going to send a car service to to send you up. He had business in Texas. He was like, I bought you a ticket. Fly down with me on the plane. We can talk. I won't be talk, able to talk to you the entire time we're down in Texas. So bring work and we can talk on the way back. And that's how he was able to carve out a few hours out of the day to be able to talk to me. Like, that's what I mean about, like, Herculean kind of efforts to make it work for the people that he cared about. Yeah. Did you go on that trip? I did. How was it? Uh, It was the first time I'd flown first class. (laughs) (laughs) The next full episode of Mogul drops on Friday. And if you like what we're doing here, please subscribe, rate, and review on Apple Podcasts. It's a great way to help others find out about the show. And for those of you who've already done it, seriously, yo, thank you so much. This helps us out incredibly. For more bonus content and information about the show, follow us on Twitter. The handle is mogul. Okay, until Friday, be safe, though.